still, uh, let's talk comics here for a minute. Like you eight. like Bugs Bunny eating a carrot. <laughs> yeah. What's up, nerds? <laughs> this week on First Issue Club, Batman Who Laughs, number one on DC, and Goddess Mode, number one on Vertigo Comics. Then we're going to drop in a sweet little Spider-Verse special for you. Flip, flip. Also, I may die. Yes, also <laughs> on this episode, Greg might die. Stay tuned. Greg, Greg's mortality is in the balance. And we're back here at First Issue Club. That was our tiny intro. This is our big intro. And so uh, those are the books we're doing. And the question today comes from the name of the book, Goddess Mode. What would your day like be? What would your be like day? What would your day be like? What would your day be like if you were in God or Goddess Mode? Can I just interject real quick here and say that we're a podcast there that covers <laughs> first issue comic books each week. We're kind of like your introductory guide to what's cool and what's accessible each week at your comic shop. And what kind of comic books do we cover? First issues. Only. Exclusively. Killer intro. <laughs> Kill- second intro, I mean. So, uh, who do we have in the club today? And Today we're covering the Batman who laughs. laughs. What makes you laugh? <laughs> On YouTube, I will often type in the words, Fat Man Fall Down. Um, it's not very nice. <laughs> this is a real thing. I know that this is a real thing he does. And it is because a- it was specific enough not to say falls down. <laughs> and it is it is hilarious every time. I I like seeing fail videos and all that kind of stuff. I got not a great life, but at least I'm not getting my nutsack <laughs> racked over by a skateboard in that moment. So. This is Greg Lichtai, and similar to Budget Kings, I really love physical humor. I like it when a pie hits someone in the face or someone falls down a flight of stairs while holding a pie, or there's a car accident with two pie trucks that collide, or maybe it's just the pie that I find funny. You like pie humor? <laughs> I'm a, yeah. Pie humor, while it is a very niche segment of comedy, it's a gut buster. My name is Caitlin, and... I am kind of known for laughing a little too easily at a, at a lot of a lot too many things, but um, I think outside of comedy in general, which is not a good answer, I would say like word wordplay puns stuff like that is pretty sure to get a good chuckle out of me. I'm Mike D, and I sing to inanimate objects all over my house, and that really gets me riled up to have a mega opera to trinkets. Did you do it one today? I do it every day. Can you what give you, us a little yeah. taste? It makes me happy. Oh, you're just a little paper clip alone on the table, mm. hanging out by the salt shaker. What's a paper clip doing hanging with the salt shaker, baby? That was good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Let's get this podcast started. It was like a motorcycle revving up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, was Uh, almost ASMR-y. I didn't realize how many Insta videos were ASMR. Mm -hmm. ASMR. ASMR. Let's get this this podcast. Let's get this podcast. 
from the pages of Dark Knight Metal comes an evil side story. <laughs> the Batman Who Laughs, number one, on DC Comics by Snyder and Jock. An evil super team of darkness that writes all the darkest comics. So we're used to them doing fucked up shit. This book grants us a great service. You say, what a cool character, this dark, twisted Batman who laughs, who is a combo. What if the Joker were also the Batman? And says, oh, what if there were two Batman who laughs? <laughs> yes, Budget uh, 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 uh. King. <laughs> Budget King's raising his hand. Yeah, he's showing me two, which is the number I just said. <laughs> yes, I was putting two up there in case you didn't know what you said. Because um, I wasn't really sure what you said. <laughs> You're not following? <laughs> Wait, uh, there are two? Well, oh. that's the only way to stop the first one. <laughs> it's the only way to stop the first dark, twisted, fucked Got up it. Batman who laughs. So this character is from an alternate dimension. He's so twisted has the powers of Batman is completely unchecked by morals that he, like, destroys entire universes and worlds. And now he's, I guess, filtered his way into what I can, I can assume is our DC universe. Correct. Or maybe some <clears throat> other DC universe that I'm not aware of yet. We find out that there is a toxin that lies within the Joker's heart. And the Joker kills himself to release the toxin in front of our Bruce Wayne Batman. <laughs> this is confusing yet or not? I feel I'm having flashbacks to when we talked about Batman, Batman Metal. Yeah. Yeah. And just Wait, being okay. like, Jesus, what was this about? <laughs> but this was all convoluted Batman Metal stuff that happened. Okay. I think all you yeah. really need to know is that there was an alternate universe wherein Batman killed the Joker, became and in essence became the Joker. Also because of the toxin thing? Yes. Because of the toxin yes. thing and I guess, the twisted nature of, like, having committed murder. And he is, like, the creation of Batman's fears, is that right? Or Batman Who Laughs is from a universe that is, like, an embodiment of everyone's fears. Like, everything exists as, like, another universe's personified fears. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just, he's from a dark, twisted, fucked up place. Yeah. He looks cool. People are into it. And uh, he's evil as anything... And he's Batman unchecked. And in the first four or five pages, Batman is just murdering all of a prison, uh, Gotham Asylum. But mm -hmm. that's him and another Batman. There's the four. Grim... There's four Bruce Waynes in yeah, there. Yeah, there's so, Happy okay. Bruce Wayne. There's Grim Knight Bruce Wayne. There's Batman Bruce Wayne. Wait, slash so that, Batman that... who laughs too. But that and then ba Batman dressed as a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I forgot about that Batman. <laughs> With bald that cap. Scene, that scene was so confusing because he was so like, confusing. I put like on a serious prosthetic to go in and I didn't like, even know he had that ability check himself out to do. Yeah. I didn't either. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. You, you think they dropped this to try to be like the answer to Spider-Verse in the same week? Like we got a bunch of Batmans in the same comic. So we got that too. We I don't know. That over here. It did kind of feel like that because they were also trying to make a bunch of jokes in it too. Oh, like the, yeah. The life, the Batman insurance policy. It's called the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that struck me as odd. It was something that, like, Alfred doesn't normally have, like, a jokey tone. Right. Yeah. And then a couple other people say it, too. Like, the two cops who are talking to each other, like, yeah. bring the joke back. It was yeah. weird. Oh, oh okay, so the Batman who laughs goes to Arkham Prison. Yep. Correct? Kills a fake Joker. Kills there. a fake Joker? 
and then, like Batman's just like, oh, they must have gotten switched out. What the fuck? Must have gotten switched. <laughs> this like really stretches like uh, uh, the plausibility of the yeah. story. And then I don't know. So from there, <laughs> from there we say, okay, fake Joker got murdered. Real Joker isn't safe. And then Batman says, I've realized everything. Yeah. I've actually been Dr- drowning him. Drain. <laughs> I know exactly where yeah, he is. Yeah, drain the pool in the Batcave. And so they drain How the pool in the Batcave. He's yeah, there. I couldn't put that together. The, well, the real Joker is there. And then the real Joker kills himself in order to turn our Batman into the next Joker. Yeah. yeah. To and defeat the Bat Who Laughs. Despite him knowing everything, yeah. he yes. didn't see that coming. Yeah, he was like, "I figured everything out except for the very last thing." In order where he's to defeat kill himself. the thing you hate, you must become Come it. The thing you hate. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I have to. <laughs> Thanks for your review. <laughs> I was thinking like that as a, as like kind of just life advice. I might follow that. <laughs> just become the thing you hate the most. Yeah. But thinking forward to the next issues. Do you guys think it sounds fun that a goofball Batman will be fighting another darker goofball Batman? Yes. Like, Do we know that, that sounds they're darker, funny. though? I would assume that this dark universe Batman who laughs, okay, who's you, already in bondage. Here's something so that I'm super... Good, sorry. Good. So they're not the same. No. Because they're... They're different universes. And well, I think okay. this guy is creature of his own home... So we got two parts Batman, one part Joker, and then two parts Joker, one part Batman. That's the recipe. That's a fair way to put it, yeah. That's the recipe we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, that could be fun. So, you, <laughs> I was like, I could take your leave. Have you guys ever heard <laughs> about, how I feel too, have you guys ever heard about Clown Baby? So there's a person that claims that his... I think uh, you can tell oh. from our silence <laughs> that none of us know what the hell you're talking and about. Also, we, ne- we didn't say tell us more, but <laughs> go, go ahead. Claims that his... Child was born in full clown makeup. <laughs> was this on the uh, dark web? Coast to coast. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, um, I love coast to coast. Why, when the bat releases his toxins, do they immediately have clown makeup on? I don't know. That oh, that was yeah. a big re- like. I think their faces just turn white pale, and get red lipstick. Did he have red lips? I, I think, mean, you could say the blood rushes to his lips. I think that's the least of your worries with this book. <laughs> I, I first of all, what I find it truly believable. Maybe no, he, it's like barely pink, but he's like frothing. Yeah. What, so is there like just like a condom full of toxin next to the Joker's heart? I think we're that led, just explodes when he. Or to be honest, I didn't know this was like Batman canon. I didn't either. That he wouldn't kill the. That's the reason he wouldn't kill the Joker. No, the reason he, he doesn't kill the Joker is because he doesn't kill. That's not true. Okay, but this He's begs, killed before. Only in the killing joke. This begs and this another... Timeline. Sorry. Doesn't Batman kill a couple jokers on the top of a car in the very beginning of this book? That's not the same Batman, though. That's the kill... That's, that's the, the, the weird Grim Batman. Knight. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm no. talking about the oh, very opening scene. He throws a batarang into a guy's heart. No, he's just knocked out, though. It's like a knocked out. To knock out in the heart? Yeah. Heart knockout. Well, so he also oh, says I like, that I like that you know that even though he had a battering halfway into his chest in his heart, <laughs> that you know for a fact that the guy was just knocked out. So I can rest at peace knowing that my Batman didn't kill that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's P- it's PG. Thank you. Go, Thank go you, on, Budget King. <laughs> well, I guess the end because the sound effect says whoop. Whoop. Instead that's, of that's not the killing sound effect. We all know that. We all know our onomatopoeia. Okay. Here. Anyway, <laughs> right, go ahead, you guys. 
So the toxin is supposed to be released into the person that kills him, right? Making yeah. them the new Joker. Correct. Yeah. Did the Joker killed himself? On purpose. But then, but Batman cradled him. And said, okay, but so that begs the question, why wouldn't Batman just kill the Joker at range? That's a good point. Snipe mm. him? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then you don't become him. That's... Yeah, but do you turn like a duck that was next to the Joker? Like, into the I would next read Joker? that book. Yes, Joker duck. I am in. I will. Here's the bat my... that quacks. <laughs> Word to God, I'm gonna make this a zine. Our next, we already did the illiterate Aquaman. Yeah, and the thing hard as a rock. Yeah, the next one will be the bat who quacks. The bat who quacks. I love that. The bat who quacks. And next we have Goddess Mode out on Vertigo, words and art by Quinn and Rodriguez. So at the center of this book is Azith. It is the internet. However, it is also a real, real realish dimension with demons and goddesses and the potential to make or break the world. Cassandra is the lead character and she's the latest to join the goddesses. She's pulled from her life as an underachieving hacker for this big corporation who is holding her father's frozen cryo body, I think. Also, Cry- Cryo me a river body. <laughs> She's cryoing a river because he's not Give me a Red Bulls right her. now. <laughs> Hand over your You've Red Bulls. You've lost your caffeine privileges. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what it's like to be you on Twizzlers. Yeah, or to deal <laughs> oh, with you on God. Twizzlers. You get a taste of your own medicine. <laughs> She calls herself a co-janitor, but she's just not really putting her talents to the best use, which is then put to her disadvantage because she is forced to use her talents and get this promotion, but is essentially just being used by this corporation. Not sure exactly what their plans for her are, but she is going to be doing their bidding because they have her father and are in control of his medical and life state. And they're also responsible for the Internet. Uh, all that changes just a bit when she is downloaded or uploaded into the internet itself and meets the goddesses within. I think, to tell a story real quick, I had a buddy who had a similar situation with our lead character who is hacking some shit she's not supposed to hack and then gets offered a job by large company because of it. A buddy of... Are you being serious? Me and Greg, who... I won't name maybe because maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, was interviewing for a job for the government and they were just like, we know you've done illegal shit. Let's talk about it. How did you do it? You know, if you're going to, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to get this job, we're going to talk about the shit that you've done and how you did it because otherwise you're not like worth our time. So I thought that was really interesting. Our character gets a job because of some bad shit she's doing, which she's doing bad stuff for a good reason. Mm -hmm. She's going to visit her dad, hacking through computer stuff. And I think it's cool that, like, the firewall protecting everything is, like, personified as, like, this big bad demon or, like, video game boss. Yeah. Which is, I think, the idea that we're getting in this computer realm that Mm -hmm. she's entered into or sucked into, that she's actually in there rather than hacking and finding her way through. Because that would not be as entertaining. Right, yeah. (laughs) If we knew she was like really had like VR goggles on and was just like, I'm just typing. (laughs) Now she's like lost into this like mystical, crazy coded language. And there's this Steve Jobs sort of character 
at the center of it, that character is so intriguing to me. He's like cryo frozen. He's like the first to have gotten this weird disease. And they like name it after him. That they they? name after him, right? And then like everyone else at the company has it. They're in that stasis to hopefully like save them or cure them from it at some point. And so I think we can be led to believe that maybe there were some malicious things that this guy was doing that maybe created the virus. Well, I think there's some foreshadowing that they're saying that like maybe the company actually has the anecdote to it because they can produce anything. Yeah. And they're just withholding that for like some reason. Yeah. The guys, the guy, the duo that's in charge now, though, I sort of get a sense that even if he was the first one to get it and like created all this stuff, that maybe he isn't the malicious one because the duo, there's like the face of the organization and then there's the guy that's kind of a dick that tells this girl they're just going to use her because they can and basically they know what they have on her. So he's kind of a dick. And then the other guy's just kind of a face. He doesn't really. Seems to be kind of superficial and more focused on like parties and representing the corporation. It would seem that maybe they might be the ones trying to keep things under wraps. And yeah, it's that that one character is so funny who's like the acting CEO Mm -hmm. because he's like a bro party boy who was very dismissive of her and is just like, ah, cool, yeah, you're here to check on like our frozen dude. Yeah, he's cool. Like, it's no big, but, like, do what you got to do. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm a rocket shoes. Yeah, and he, like, flies out of the roof <laughs> yeah. on rocket shoes and is, like, later I actually kind of think he was, like, a Willy Wonka-type character, mm-hmm. and he knew that she was going to look deeper into the web and be trapped into it. That would be cool. Visually, this book was really, really cool. Yeah. I also really liked the variant cover we got. It was. There's, like, pinks and mm-hmm. uh, seafoam greens that, like, bounce off each other. Like, you can tell that someone with the artist background that's... Not not only a good illustrator, but a good art director. And yes, because even the AI is designed pretty cool. I thought. Oh yeah, and you know Psyche. what? Yeah, we didn't really talk about the AI mm-hmm. and like its whole background. That's yeah. I think it. So like you said, like the firewall being embodied by a demon. I think that that is sort of. She. I mean, I don't really know all of her all of her functions. But it seems like She's she is like a visualized. Alexa, that's like the representative of the entire internet. Like she is the internet. Yeah, but she's also able able to function in this building as uh-huh. nurses to the people in the cryo unit, and she's kind of just taking care of. Yeah, everything. like she's everywhere and everything. Yeah, at least as it relates to like things that computers can manage. I think one of the interesting things about this book was that we had our kind of Alexa type embodiment of the internet, and we have this disease. And we have this corporation, and they're all connected, and they all run everything. Yes. Like, this is distant future, our nightmares where... Like Black Mirror-ish, almost. Yeah, where, like, the internet is, like, owned and controlled by, like, a singular entity that decides, like, what we see, how we get our information, all that stuff. Yeah. It's bad news bears. Even in the apartment scene where she is realizing that something is wrong because she and her roommate can see the same things. Yeah. That is basically their wallpaper. Right. It's like smart wallpaper or something that plays them targeted videos and ads and just everything. And they can see the same thing, which she knows means something's wrong. But that's like huge into like analytics and making sure that you follow a certain path and buy certain things and... I thought it was pretty smart to use those as commentary. Totally. That we, and I think we're led to believe maybe that, uh, 
your quality of life or living space is determined on like the skins of things that you can afford to like just shape your and the air that you TV textured box. Yes, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you're right. They do make a comment about that when he when she enters in the area of the Steve Jobs guy's house, they can turn like the filter filter things off because the air is. Breathable. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed with plants. They make like a point of emphasizing his eccentricities about growing plants, and maybe that relates to like the fresh air in the area. I'm not sure. There's a lot of small little themes and things like that that seem like we purposefully called this out and then let it go mm-hmm. that I think are going to come back. There's plenty That's... here that I think is going to pay off later, which is always a fun way to write a first issue. Yeah. Yeah, it came out in a tough week, and um, I think people might sleep on this book, but I think it's totally worth checking out. Agreed. It's fun. First issue club, eh, check it out. Approved. Well, Uh, I liked it more than that. Yeah, Yeah, book of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week? (laughs) Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Got two of them, and that's it. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Did you want to pick the other one? I'm also here in the episode. I know how many books we're doing. (laughs) Well, we also read the new... Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man book, mm-hmm. but didn't take the time to go into that one. It was good. We've just seen that character a lot recently, yeah. especially in movie form. Oh, oh. go into that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone in the club at this point has seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, yes. We have, but we should say that if you have not, Maybe we might want to talk about it a bit. Here's so. what I want you to do is turn your volume down. Let the podcast play out. <laughs> wash, let it wash over you. Let it, let it just go by. But if you've seen the movie, stay tuned. Keep that volume up high. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to you. We're going to tickle your eardrums, baby. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and make a uh, bold statement. Best Spider-Man movie made to date. If you, do- if you disagree with that statement, you're an idiot. I, I didn't go that far. I'm not disagreeing. People like Homecoming, though. Pe- Homecoming, but, homecoming's oh, good. I'm not homecoming disagreeing. Good. But it's in a different realm because with animation, you can do a whole lot more. This movie set a lot of... Uh, it set the bar super high, especially with visuals and just cinemat- cinematography. I would argue that Infinity Wars was basically a cartoon. <laughs> like, uh, like, like ninety percent of it, it was, was like yeah. computer animated. So, and, okay, <laughs> I've told this story like four times now. Mike is getting tired of this, but I when I was driving to the movie, my wife was like, "Who plays Spider Man in this one?" And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's actually animated." And she was like, "What?" Yeah. So, uh, but the guy who the guy movie? who plays Miles Morales is. Fantastic. Is famous, yeah. But I, I, I think him. I think she was not using the word play as in who voices the animated character. She didn't realize that it was yeah okay animated. Um, but she loved it. Fucking loved it. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Same with my wife. That she was like, "This is the best Spider-Man movie I've seen." I had to be like, "We're gonna go to the movie theater with dinner." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy you whatever you want. The other thing that is crazy <laughs> about that appetizers and an entree <laughs> is the premise that there's going to be multi-dimensions meeting of different Spider-Mans in this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to explain anything to her. Not that I would ever mansplain Incredible her. achievement. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that typically Marvel has done really well 
is give you just mondo worlds with shit tons of characters yep. and made them like fairly accessible movies. Mm-hmm. But this movie easily far more accessible than any of the live action movies. But it was, still yes. wasn't dumbing it down. No. No, I don't think so either. Man, that's was it what fun. You don't, you don't have to do that to be yeah. accessible. I think they get it. Right. And there was a lot of like nice little Easter eggs for Spider-Man fans, like funny jokes that every spider head would uh, be into. Webhead, sorry. <laughs> um, God, that was almost embarrassing. I know. <laughs> I don't want to get my card revoked. Yeah, really funny little... <laughs> I mean, if you Google like Easter eggs, there's like shit tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. That were in the movie. A couple of things that I noticed were when the characters were scrolling through their phones. Oh, you would see yeah. Like names like Steve Ditko and all these classic. Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, all these classic Spider Man creators and contributors. The big Easter egg is this is the first Stan Lee cameo since his passing. Oh, that shook me. It, it was, was really, really weird. It was good. It, and it was really What uh, he said prolific. to I was like, oh my God. It's yeah, like very it, it poignant. Made me tear up. Yeah. The first post-credit thing was just like a nice Stanley quote over black, which I thought was really yeah. His glasses were yeah. His glasses, oh, his yeah. famous glasses were sitting in the corner. That yeah. was great. So one thing too is that if you see this movie in two D, twenty minutes in, you're gonna think that you walked into a three D movie and <laughs> forgot your glasses. Yeah, there were times at which I thought it was gonna maybe give me a headache, but at the same time, I'll say that what an achievement in creative and art direction because I've never seen anything like it. Ever. They're, they like broke the mold of just like telling this type of story and giving us a movie in theaters like in a style that I've just never seen before. It was like for comic book heads it was like a fitting homage to comic books like if you looked close there were like that kind of dot grid coloring yeah, pattern the, to everybody. Uh, like the different gradients. And then when Part of what Budget King was saying is that it looks like blurred or faded is like an offset of colors. So if you read vintage comic books, they run each of those color panels through like a separate printer that does the different sets of colors that layer on top of each other. Mm. And they never align quite perfect. So in the vintage comics, you have a little bit of an offset. And that's something that they included in the style of this film, which is just nuts. I also think the frames per second were reduced so you're not, like, seeing fluid motion. Like, it seems like he's skipping around a it lot. It looked like claymation, kind of, yeah. didn't it? it was a, yeah, kind of rigid in some parts. Yeah. Which didn't really throw me no, off. It was beautiful, actually. Yeah, it's you, it's all stylistic rather than, like, mm-hmm. whoops. All right, here's a big question about the movie. Considering at least how what what we thought of it and how good it was and how accessible this probably is for younger viewers... Do we think that Miles Morales is probably going to be, like, the Spider-Man moving forward for younger audiences? So he would have to get a live-action movie, I think. Yeah. For people to consider it as part of the... Yeah. Like, I, I like Miles is, like, my Spider-Man. Like, for, like, kids who are, like, 8 or 10 right now, that, like, Miles Morales is going to be, like, their Spider-Man that they identify um, with. Oh, so when, yeah, I, yeah. when I taught... Um, in Providence at, like, a, a school that was mostly Hispanic and black kids, all those kids were obsessed with Miles Morales. Yeah. Like, so I, That's I, cool. I think especially if you're Hispanic. Man, it goes to show you, too, like, the, the that fact shows you how important it was just that there was anything that had a high-level character that was portrayed by a minority. Yeah. Because it be, it, that character became, like, revered yep. almost immediately. Right. 
it was super hyper controversial. I remember like Fox News or some somebody like running a story and being like, now they're changing Spider-Man to a minority. Like, give me a break. Like, Spider-Man's supposed to be Peter Parker. What's wrong with that? Same thing they did with like Which uh, that, that's Thor. hard to explain to anyone that doesn't read comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's because they think they're turning Peter Parker into a mixed race character. So it's like, no. Right. Right. <laughs> Another person is also now Spider Man along with Peter Parker. Yeah. And then you look like a lunatic that's trying to explain oh fictional characters. I had there's a local NPR affiliate that we are currently recording at in, in Kansas City and I was on <laughs> I was on a local radio show the week that Stan Lee died to talk about his impact on mm-hmm. like culture and our lives and things like that as like a Spider-Man collector. I had such a hard time like being like, okay, calm down. Don't get into like the crazy convoluted stuff. <laughs> Don't be like, well, there's actually 16 <laughs> different Spider-Mans that I frequent in my spare time. <laughs> you have been dragged I, from the studio. I, I said something during the show about like, well, you know, there's been, like, several different characters that have taken the mantle. And then the person hosting the show said, like, now what do you mean by that? Different Spider-Man taking the mantle. And I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> I was like, can Well, I, clear your schedule can because... Can I push rewind on my life, please? <laughs> Spider-Man noir was, like, 100% like the kind of humor that kills me. It was so funny. It was so fucking funny. Sneak attack. <laughs> It yeah, just the so way, earnest. The way he's talking about like the darkness yeah. that like 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 how tormented his right. soul is is okay. just like it's so like, classic I know you're noir character. The movie, but the, was Spider Man Noir also funny? No, no, not at all. It's a hyper serious character. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like their whole thing is just like this is a Spider Man who takes himself like real seriously. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, the, the, and, and he gets pulled into this situation. Yeah, the book wasn't the books aren't on the nose at all with that character. Spider Ham on eBay is going for like thirty bucks first appearance right now. I bet. Is, that, is that worth getting? No, that'll I mean, never go a, up. It's a campy goof thing that like if, if you can get it for under ten dollars. Yeah. In but, another year, it's going to be back down to ten bucks. Okay. Yeah, I got it way before this movie was announced, and I got it for under ten dollars. It's kind of just a fun thing to have. We all have like tons of great first appearances now because of this movie. Right. Yeah. It was like yeah. we were like regular S- Spider-Man I even, readers. I don't even know how to say it, but the SP slash slash DR. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spader. I don't have that appearance, and I'm super bummed about it. But yeah. Mike D does. I it's have literally a dollar ninety nine. Oh, billions Spider-Man <laughs> comics. <laughs> Resident webhead. Too many. There's some people at my office who were asking about my uh, comic book collection and how much I spend a week, and they were like. You have a problem. Like, I felt like it was an intervention. And I was talking about how uh, Greg and I recently talked about how renting a apartment for our comic books might be cheaper than a storage space. And we were considering, like, like renting a cheap apartment in Kansas City <laughs> to keep all our comic books. You have to have renter's insurance. And yeah, totally. Oh, which, yeah. which renter's also, insurance costs nothing. It yeah, it almost it also doesn't maybe cover everything. It if you have it all documented, does it not like cover? I don't know. I <laughs> talk mean, to her dad. She'll yeah. I was gonna say because you, you have the other thing is like if you um, insurance chat with First Issue Club. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which may or may not be a good video. <laughs> well, but just like we we have to do like a civil union thing 
mm-hmm. I think, because mm-hmm. it doesn't extend to, I'll have to look. My dad sent me a whole email about this. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty cool because he was huh. like, I know that you have some serious money there and some serious sentimental value. Mm-hmm. So make yeah. sure it's covered because if one of you has the policy, like if either Heather had the yeah. policy, it would not cover yours. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. Well, the sequel's already been kind of announced. Has it really? So they're doing like a an offshoot from this Spider-Verse movie, and it's going to focus on the female Spider-Man. Mm. Spider-Woman. I heard that. So it's going to be Silk, Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, yep. and I think a, a couple of others. So. so Spider-Woman was actually a part of Spider-Verse, that that was one of the offshoot books. Where she's pregnant? Is that that cover? event series. So Spider-Woman was pregnant during like, a fucking great run of Spider-Woman. Okay. Like, oh my God, I would recommend to anybody, like, read that book. It was so fun. Which, uh, what a fucking concept. You will fall in love with this character. To be pregnant and try to be a superhero, like, what a... I want to read that story just on that sentence alone. Dennis Hopeless wrote this book. He's written a handful of, like, great, great Marvel comics. Like, find his stuff and read it. I guarantee, like, it's, like, fun, accessible characters that you will fall in love with. He does such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All the creators and people that I follow on Twitter are going apeshit about this movie. Marvel, DC, every publisher is saying this movie is just phenomenal. And they are correct. Spider-Verse, can't think enough good things about it. <laughs> we love you, Spider-Verse! Wham, bam, thank you, Spider-Man. <laughs> and that was Spider-Verse out on Sony and Marvel Pictures. Well. But, so you going to correct that? No, you're good. I was going to say. I dare say, you. I was going to say bye, but I. Uh, we got to say all our stuff. Yeah, yeah we got Allah. Premature goodbye. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this has been uh, another episode of <laughs> First, First Issue, Issue Club. Club Podcast. Uh, we're recorded in... KCUR Studios. Our um, music is by... Primary Color Music. We're edited by... Matt Hodap. We're part of the... Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. And you are... Gonna subscribe and rate and review us, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> This has been Budget King, and thanks for budgeting your time with us today. Oh, did you notice that there was a, an ad targeted toward people of your um, proclivities in uh, one of the books that we read this week? Do tell. It was a Red Roof Inn ad. Ooh. And it was like superhero family that was budgeting ah, for yes. their stays. I wish they, they <laughs> didn't captivate me the way I wanted to do. <laughs> I did, I did, however, think about the DC artist that is tasked with being like, you're going to draw the two-panel <laughs> Snickers commercial. <laughs> oh, right. man. I'm so Bummer. sick of those. I know. <laughs> They're not but they great. But they look Bummer. like, it's, it's obviously a DC artist. Yeah. Right? I mean, they look like straight comic, and it's like, how bummed out do you have to be to be like, ah, oh, I got the fucking Snickers deal. That everyone's pissed at because they start reading the first yeah. panel and then realize Ooh, I did it's see that, the ad. Red Roof End, yeah. Sorry. That had me. It looks like looks like my dog too. Save the world and save on your stay. Oh my god! Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why red roof end? Well, you you sold me though. <laughs> because people have families have to go to cons. Yeah, that's true. You know, make it a man. Buying ads in comics is, does not seem worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
Because people just breeze right by him. I mean, it's we- is it any weirder to have, like, roofing contractors at Comic-Cons or to have those kinds of ads in our comic books? That shit just pisses me off, to be honest. There's a roofing contract? Yeah. You didn't see that? No. There's all La- sorts of stuff. Last time at the Comic-Con, they are just, like, people selling, like, siding and roofing. Did it work out for them? I don't know. I didn't get there. No. I didn't get their analytics. <laughs> <laughs> this is Greg Lichtai signing off. Caitlin Rossick and I will show myself out. Yeah, I am Michael this day. See it, Lord. Weep some. Don't have to see him yet. Get sick. Don't really depart. Oh, no. Greg, no. What's happening? Finally. Fight it, Greg. <coughs> well, uh, Caitlin's single. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just got back. Oh, you're back. This is a really bad sore throat. Ghost Greg. Yeah. Oh, now I'm a ghost? Yeah. It took forever to I pay can't. off that tease. <laughs> Ghost Greg. Ghost Greg. New nickname. <laughs> new Bye. new living state. <laughs> See you later.